There's a chance your local Geico agent has the same hyper-specific taste in music as you. Yeah, I can't get enough of neo-operatic breakbeat. Do you listen to Kale Bent and the Lettuce Works? Only every day. But there's a better chance your local GEICO agent could help you out with insurance. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need a hip, underground music scene to do that. Local GEICO agents. Call or visit yours today. Audio. I've got my headphones on, got my dress on, got my shoes on, sitting in a chair. Let's podcast. usually do this, but for today's episode, I'm going to imagine that you are all sitting in a uh, in this recording studio with me, a la a kindergarten class. Did you ever have a, a rug that was like a magic a magic story rug? Well, come and come and sit down on the magic podcast rug. I'm gonna sweep you away to a land of intimacy and vulnerability. <laughs> I'm a little sick. A lotal sick. <laughs> a lotal sick. I am very sick. I. Uh, that's Dustin that you hear on the mic. Hello. It's our it's our first annual New Year's uh, resolution, resolution uh, catch up aganza. Yeah. Yeah. 2014 re- resolution catch up aganza. Yes. Dustin and I uh, usually talk a lot, but haven't seen each other in like weeks. Like over almost a month. Almost a month. Yeah, and before that we were we were kind of busy too. So it's been a while. Yeah. Erin just got back from Scotland. I did with her fiance. <laughs> <laughs> really, I can say it. I say it really cool. I'm gonna put a drum roll and an echo in right fiance. there. Fiance. <laughs> um, word fiance is is terrible. The name is terrible. I, I think it's aesthetically beautiful sounding. Really? Fiance. Oh. My fiance. Oh, well, well, the way you say it is really nice. Oh, thank you. I guess I should stop saying it like fiancé. <laughs> You're um, making it too French. Yeah. Fiancé. There you go. Fiance. 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 It's my fiance. We've been saying betrothed. <laughs> <laughs> so medieval of you both. It's a game of thrones. Oh, cough, cough at it. Oh, yeah. Aaron's so sick. If you listen to uh, Harmontown, you'll realize they got like Scottish babola. Bobola, or what, Ebola, or, or Ebola, Ebola. I was thinking Bobola. of the bubonic plague. And I mean, Ebola. we didn't get Scottish Ebola. We got we got something. We got yeah. a sickness. Dan and I got a sickness in Scotland that we brought over to Ireland and then brought back to the United States. And it's a it's bad. It's a bad coughing thing. Yeah, you guys are really laid out. All right, before we get uh, get elbows deep into this uh, fantastic first episode of 2014, I have some announcements to make. First announcement, more more musical transitions like that in the new year. From everyone's Irish nanny, Erin Okay. First of all, um, great 2013, everybody. 
Uh, we nailed it. We nailed it. We, we really did it. it. Um, I, I had such a good time doing this podcast in 2013, and the biggest announcement of 2014 is that it's gonna get it's gonna get even better. Um, I'm going to stay more on track with uh, getting uh, a show out to you every week, if not one show, more shows. If not one show, more shows. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Battling, battling a, a little, a little illness. Um, another thing is, I'm going to be healthier in 2014, and maybe I'll get sick less. Like I, was, I was really sick throughout two, 2013. Yeah, I got um, a sinus infection, and it's almost a year to the day since we left on the Harmontown tour. Like in like a couple of days, and in the middle of the tour, I got a sinus infection for like 45 days, and now I'm getting another one. I just think oh, like no. every January I get one, and then every like August I get one too. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what I did wrong in 2013, but you, I you did, you want to go back and listen to the podcast? <laughs> um, what a I, crazy year though! And also, Aaron, congrats to you. You um, since the, this time last year have like tripled your audience since uh, your downloads are humongous. Well, You're... let's let's quadruple it this yeah, year. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we did a we did a we still to the you know the episode. I'm spacing in your ex boyfriend's name, Steeg, Steve, Steeg, Steve. Yeah, Steve's Steve. my webmaster. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Steve is still like renowned. It's like their big your biggest episode last year. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. yeah if you if you haven't heard a very uncomfortable episode with my ex-boyfriend Steve Green check out that episode let's let's move forward it's uh, we're in where it's a new year it's a, <coughs> it's a new dawn Perfect. it's a new day it's a new life uh for you and me you being the audience of this show I thought you were talking about me no oh no 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 why would I talk about you or I'll tease I'll tease some things we're doing uh doing some more special uh series with with uh people that you know and love um more on that in uh, in in the near future. Um, a few few just uh, businessy announcementy things. Um, if you have already donated fifty dollars to the podcast and are uh, have emailed me requesting a painting, or if you donated fifteen dollars or more and are waiting on a postcard, I have sent out everything that I have. I'm totally caught up. So if for some reason, I'm making this announcement for hopefully no one, but if you are listening to this and you uh, donated money to the podcast a while ago or recently and you're waiting on a painting, please email me because I, 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 I think that I'm uh, all caught up. Uh, email me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com with a subject line painting and tell me what's up. Um, also, last year, one of the big things that I wanted to change this year is uh, is is my involvement with the questions that are sent to the email at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. I was so um, blessed last year. Blessed? I guess I could say blessed. I mean, people throw that word around a lot. But 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 I was, uh, was blessed by a ton of great questions, um, many of which I haven't answered yet because uh, because they're they're all so involved and so and so great and um sometimes they get i don't know it, it takes me longer to answer them i want to answer more questions on the actual podcast so you can listen to people discussing it and i don't know it's fun it's fun hearing your question read on a podcast sometimes um but i never know if your questions that are that you're emailing me are okay for air so if you could if you want to have your question answered on air 
send an email to thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com with the subject line show question show question or some variation of show question so I can see it and and uh, and know that it's cool to read on air. Also, if you err on the side of uh, speaking of on air, if you err different uh, different word, homophone air, if you err on the side of it being a little shorter, it, it, it uh, it'll make it easier to to discuss on air. But don't edit yourself if you if you want to watch if you want to write the we're in peace of questions, do it. Just have discipline. <laughs> or don't. If your question can be uh, summed up in a... Sh- the, the, I'm, I'm taking too much time on this. I'm sorry. Worst podcast ever. We're all... We're, 2014 is ruined. More than you even know. Oh, geez. Um... I think that's uh, I think that's it. Uh, at the end of the podcast today, we're going to uh, announce our resolutions for the year. Excited about those. Um, but in the meantime, this extravaganza is going to be me and Dustin. Just we're just gonna we're gonna catch up. I'm I'm newly betrothed. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to discuss. I haven't seen Erin in, in almost a month. She she went to Scotland with. Dan Harmon, her now fiance. If you haven't heard the news, Aaron's engaged. I'm engaged. It happened. It happened. I I just have to get through this period, and then uh, then it will, then then I can. I don't know. Sort of doing this podcast <laughs> in vain now. <laughs> because happily, the, because the podcast is the, just about. You'll be happily married. Getting engaged. Soon. Yeah. I, I mean, feel, that must feel knows? great. It feels great. About that. But you know what? People are really unhappy when they get married. Terrible yeah, things happen. The divorce rate is, is astronomical in this country. Yeah, I mean, you you guys are just listening to the beginning of this big story arc, which will be, you know, now I'm now I'm getting what I want, and I'm about to pay a great price. Well, that's a great way to look at it. <laughs> anyway, holy shit, I did Harmontown the other night, and if you haven't listened to that, you can listen to the latest Harmontown, and uh, with Mitch Hurwitz and uh, Harris Whittles. Um, and Dan tells the story of proposing marriage to Aaron, but I would love to hear what, like, your audience needs to hear, like, what the hell happened? All right. Let's start from, let's talk about the trip. Let's start, let's start from the top. I want to know it all. Uh, well, a lot of people have asked me, did I know, did I know he was going to propose? To the point that, like, right, right after Dan proposed, we were, we were hanging out with our, with our friends, like, we were getting dinner with them. Um, and I'll, and I'll talk about that, but immediately afterwards they were like, well, you knew, right? Here's, here's my side of the story, Dustin. Everyone, everyone pull up a chair, pull up a treadmill. Um, I, Dan has been so busy with, uh, with community that I, it had occurred to me that this big trip that we were taking to Scotland and Ireland, including like my family's ancestral town in Ireland would be a good place to pr- propose to somebody, but I knew that Dan was really busy. Right before Dan doesn't, I guess I haven't filled Dan in on all the details on like my mental process leading up to the proposal. So yeah, I've barely, I've never seen anybody work like as hard as Dan did for the past four and a half months, like nonstop. Yeah. You guys were barely seeing each other, um, so you were just kind of disconnected from it. Or you did you didn't think like when you say like people are asking you if you knew it was coming. Well, I, I mean Dan, Dan and I for like the last year or maybe even the last year and a half, very early on into our relationship, 
we're always speaking in very like final terms and always talking about family and always talking what, about whatever. Obviously, that's not a proposal. And if I had, if I had an apple for every time a girlfriend has talked about how her ex who just broke up with her uh, was talking about kids, I, I could start a a, a really. You were so married. Full you, apple stand. <laughs> you, were, you said apple, and I was like, wow, she's really married to this. <laughs> where, where, where can she even go with this? I could now? make a lot of pies. There. A very... lot of pie. I could open up an apple pie bakery destination. Right. Um, so, And that's not to say that I thought that Dan was going to break up with me or anything, but for my own self-preservation, cough. <coughs> 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 for, my, for my own self-preservation... I've gone in and out of times, and you can kind of hear it on the podcast, or you can definitely hear it on the podcast, like times when I've been uh, a little more hung up on the idea of like being engaged, which is something to talk about on its own. Why? Why is it? Why is it such a thing? Um, because it makes me feel really lame when I think about that. But wait, what do you mean? If it makes you feel lame, like why? Why are you so hung up? And if is he going to propose? Well, I mean, I it's it's really the the position that the modern woman is in when it comes to waiting for a proposal is is so weird. And uh, and unnatural. I mean, we, we we generally we generally like enjoy planning, and we're usually the people that are have more of a timeline in mind, which sounds shitty, but like naturally, if a and I I have tons of girlfriends who don't want to have kids, but like for the ones who do, it is like a thing. You know, you start you start thinking about you know uh, timelines and stuff. Also, you know, beyond that, I think for me, I mean, I'm such a control freak that the idea that there was this decision that very much has is is equal parts me in a way like this big decision to commit to somebody for the rest of your life and become their family member that that I have no say and when that happens like I don't get to decide I don't really get to ask I can definitely say like I'd really like to get married and then just wait for my partner to um, ask that question like that's shitty a little bit you know Um, it's fine it's definitely fine being on the other side of it and I'm not saying that necessarily caused me a ton of anxiety because I, I did think that Dan and I were going to get married but you know, I, I've I've thought that before, not as serious as a, as it was with Dan before Dan and I got engaged, but I definitely thought before, oh, I'm gonna get married to this person. I I don't know. Um, also, as someone who really likes planning things, it's kind of frustrating for me personally because I would, if it was appropriate, I would have planned a proposal. I'm ruining the story. Your your plan you would have planned you would have planned it. No, no, I'm saying like, 
I, well, I, I, if I if I was the man, if it wasn't such a thing, oh, because here's here's the reason why I'm okay with this ritual. I'm okay with the ritual of the man proposing to the woman because I do think it's just like kind of a silly ritual. You know, you do right. decide together. Do you want to get married? Like the way that these things work now, like the man. When he's proposing, like Dan knew that I was going to say yes when he proposed to me. It wasn't right. like he knocked on my father's door and said, "I saw your, I saw your daughter weeding in the fields. May I propose marriage to her?" And, you know, like it's a different, it's a different time. It doesn't matter. Well, like as Duncan Trussell says, like our rituals in our societies have a lot of power and energy behind them. So yeah, like I know my friends who were high school sweethearts. Um, they they dated for four years. I think they lived together a total of like seven, and they got married. And um, I was helping them move, like, right shortly after their wedding. And uh, I just asked, I remember asking them, they had been together for almost a decade, high school sweethearts, never been with anybody else. And they were just like, yeah, it just feels different now. It just feels like we're more of a team. It just, mm-hmm. like, the, there's just so much air now. Like, I don't know, I, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of it. But uh, that was, like, post-marriage. But I def- definitely think it has some... Uh, there's something, some sort of like spiritual, deeply emotional, psychic thing about it that's oh totally. That, well, like mar- like you're talking about marriage in general, like yeah, even the, per, even the engagement. Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just meant like the ritual of the man asking as opposed to the woman asking. Yeah, yeah. It's they really rarely hear about. I mean, I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody where the woman asked. Um, I I have, and it's and it's totally fine. It's just if the reason. I mean, it is such like a silly, and I think I've talked about this before. Like, it is to me, it is such like a silly ritual. I mean, obviously, there's power in it, but I'm just speaking specifically about the man doing it versus the woman doing it. It is so silly to me. What's bigger is like the actual deciding together to start a family, uh, even if that family is just you two. That's what I think about. Like, when Dan asked me to marry him, my thought was, I got so excited just at the thought of like, oh, this is my family now. Like, I've chosen this family now, like forever, like we will be this like unit, which is really exciting. You get to choose your friends and you kind of have that with your friends. But it's but it's different when it's like, I don't know, it's bound, bound by the law. And, uh, <laughs> bound in steel. In steel. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to like... I don't know. I was about to say something crazy. I'll just say it. I want to do like some sort of like blood brother ritual, or I don't. I don't know. Oh, like man. some kind like, of cut open your palms. No, I mean I don't want to cut myself. Uh, maybe we'll just shake hands for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm really excited. I like. I've I, I, I've always been somebody who's been really into, uh, you know, packs and uh, the you know agreements and things like that so i'm i'm really excited by that well about like you if you knew cuz i'm i i was with my girlfriend um the day I, we were at in my i have a new girlfriend and she was uh, asking are dan and aaron married and i said <laughs> no they're in scotland i think i wonder if dan will propose to her in scotland <laughs> that's funny and then 45 minutes later i checked my instagram i was at sage really? and sunset and i almost cried Weird. in the middle of this restaurant i was so happy Static. Uh, so it came up randomly in conversation, and I didn't really think about it. But I was like, I wonder if he would. So if I had that thought, did you know like this trip would be the time that he would do it, or did you think it was going to come at a later date? Like, what well, were you thinking? It had occurred to me when we first planned the trip that, like I said, that, that this would be like 
kind of, I don't, I don't know, it sounds, I don't mean the word easy, but it's, it's like kind of an easy time to do it because we're in a beautiful place and, a, and we'll be on, and we were on vacation, et cetera, et cetera. Dan's not a big planner. So I, I assumed that when he proposed, it would be similar to the way that he did propose, which is just having a ring with him and proposing when the, when the time was right. Uh, my emotional process was, was this. Before the trip, I had gone out with um, the the first like guest up, a real guest episode of the year is going to be this is this great episode we recorded a couple weeks ago with uh, with my three uh, best guy friends, and I was out uh, for one of their for my friend Zach's birthday, and the proposal came up, and this was like right before we left on our trip, and my friend Zach said, oh, "Do you think that Dan's going to propose? I'll probably propose over over Christmas, right?" And I was I, I didn't I I said. I thought about it and I and I said no because I I didn't think that he would have time. I also was trying to like be in that mindset in case he did propose so it wasn't like an expected thing. But when we were on the trip, okay, I I feel like I'm telling the story terribly. Right before we left, Dan uh one afternoon I was running errands and he was home from work and he he said, oh, I'm going to go shopping for Christmas. Dan never, ever goes shopping, ever, ever, ever. Like he's in in the history of our relationship has never been to a store to buy me anything. It's always been stuff that he's ordered online. He's not somebody that like goes shopping. So that that made me think like, oh, shopping for something. What would be the one thing I know? I know he wouldn't send his assistant to buy me an engagement ring. Maybe that's that, but I but I put it out of my mind. Cut to uh, cut to Scotland. We're having a great time. If you want to hear the the beginning part of the story, um, I don't want to repeat it verbatim, but you can listen to. Basically, I got sick on the airplane because I ate some bad food. The craziest fucking story. It's on the latest <laughs> episode of Harmon Town with Mitch Hurwitz, and it's 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 a, it's a crazy story. Yeah the 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 short the short story is that Dan had. Um, was given this this really special I now know seven hundred dollar backpack from Kettle One this really special I don't know refrigerated crazy microchipped backpack and Dan was really excited about it and uh, he's never been excited about anything like that before but loved this backpack we were both we were both going on and on about how cool it was and Dan had told me like I have I have everything important in this backpack. It's the best backpack. Um I ate some bad airplane food and then when we got to Heathrow I, I felt really nauseous. I threw up on the plane. Um but that wasn't enough apparently when we were in a ch- on a shuttle to go from one terminal to the other and I and in a really crowded shuttle. And to keep me from puking on everyone around us, Dan just instinctively took out his backpack and I just threw up in the seven hundred dollars backpack and I guess all over my engagement ring and I had no no idea that I was puking all over my engagement ring Dan there was this immediate mood shift because Dan was in the best mood ever because he was he was drunk from drinking on the plane and was having a great time and I guess was excited about proposing to me and I didn't know about that part of it and I was feeling so nauseous and so sick but then the second that I puked in his backpack I felt so much better I felt terrible about puking in his backpack but I was so relieved because I felt so so sick um you know food poisoning uh sickness is is awful um but i immediately i threw up i felt better and then he was so bummed out and so 
so upset. He threw away his backpack in the bathroom. I, I asked him if I could clean it out for him, and he wouldn't let me. He was, like, reaching into my vomit to get out this engagement ring. I had no idea, and he was just, he was he was so upset. Um, But still at this point, like, I, I, I wasn't thinking about the engagement, but I had in the back of my mind that he had gone shopping. Uh, something that he didn't talk about on the podcast was that on Christmas Eve, we spent Christmas Eve with our friends Jeff and Kate in Kate's childhood home, and we were having a great, we had a great day and a great night. And we started drinking some whiskey, and we played a game of catchphrase. Dan and I were on the same team, and I at one point said to him, you know, it would be great for me if you gave me kind of the theme of your—I'm extremely competitive. And I, Dan took what I said as a note, but in my mind it wasn't a note. I said— you know, it would be helpful as if you told me kind of the meaning of what the phrase means ahead of time and then try to get me to guess the specific words. And Dan took it as an affront. And we got in this huge fight on Christmas Eve in front of our friends. I was like crying with Kate in the other room. Jeff was like comforting Dan. It was just, it was a really big blowout fight. And I don't even really know what it was over. It was which started with catchphrase. It always starts. So many fights start with catchphrase. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know that. Like, I got so upset at one point. I was just like, I, I was asking Dan if he even liked me because I was so upset about the way that he was reacting to uh, to my so called uh, note when we were playing. Anyway, so that fight happened. The next morning, which was Christmas morning, Dan and I had breakfast and we and we talked everything out. But I, uh, I, I had I, I, I really went for it uh, drama wise the night before. Um, got into the car with our friends and I apologized for getting so upset, uh, which I, I can get really upset over games <laughs> and not <laughs> <laughs> um, and not even like in a rule way like in a well and you guys are know. heavy drinkers and it's Scotland and I'm sure you guys were just wasted. yeah well yeah I, I mean we we haven't really like I mean we were drinking all day I mean you say heavy drinkers sure we drink a lot but we were we spent the entire day drinking right so it was pretty extreme and yeah, I mean, I we were running on little sleep. It was it was just like it was a perfect storm. I don't know. There was a lot. There was a lot going on, and your engagement ring is blinding me. The studio lights are hitting uh, your ring, <laughs> and it's hitting the pupil of my eye. Awesome! It's it's, it's gorgeous. Thank you. I really, I really <laughs> love it a lot. I'll talk about the ring in a bit. Um, so I, I really thought uh, that I had. Like that Christmas morning, I I suggested that we exchange presents, and he he said, "Well, no, let's do it later." And I I thought, well, if he was going to propose, I don't think he will now. <laughs> after, oh man! <laughs> after the way they acted, crazy. Because <clears throat> I got I don't know I just got I I'm so stubborn. I'm so stubborn. And so, and and so is Dan, um, and especially so when we've been uh, drinking. I mean, we 
I don't know what it is, but like we're, we both really know, I don't know, we both affect each other so much. By like a married couple. Yeah, like, but it's 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 like whatever he says is really important to me, and vice versa. So, you know, I can't. I have a hard time just letting things go because I'm like, well, what did you mean by that? What does that mean? Like, why are you saying that? Yeah, you, know? you need things. There's no walking away when you're angry. You you need things fixed like immediately. There's oh no, me? Yeah. Yeah. There's no like <laughs> taking some time to like th- think about it. So like while emotions are flared up. You need th- you need them resolved before you can feel better, which is torture. And I know exactly what how it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. I mean, we'll get to resolutions later, but I, I I'd really like to learn because it always makes everything better when I walk away for a second Definitely. and and think about things. I wish I had mastered that a long time ago. Um, yeah, just I'm... literally taking six hours. Six hours. That's yeah, forever. go to sleep or even or like an leave. hour. Yeah, I mean, no, no, like a day. A day. With a fight. Yeah, if that's that's no walk- way. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I would never do a day. I'll sleep on it. I mean, things are always better when I sleep on them. And same for Dan. That's what sleeping is. You're taking like six to eight hours. So if you can just step yeah. away and wait till you're cooled down. Yeah, I mean, because it just it gets about nothing. It becomes about nothing. I also like when I when I fight. I'm very like I'm really thinking about how I feel when Dan fights. He just goes into battle mode, you know. Um, anyway, we got in this big fight. I th- I really thought, well, if he was going to propose, he's not going to anymore. And then, um, and then like he he said something that made me think that that this like because he kept on referring to the special gift he had. And that he only had one Christmas gift for me. But then he said something that made me think that it definitely wasn't an engagement ring. So I stopped thinking about it on Christmas. And then we had this thing happen on Christmas where we're, we get to this house. We're in Scotland. We're at this place called The Borders, which is near the the, the border of Scotland and England. And it's, I mean, I think maybe the most beautiful place I've ever seen. It was amazing. And I'm a huge Jane Austen fan. We were staying in this giant manor, which would have been like, I don't know, uh, not Wickham's house because he didn't have a lot of money. Maybe like the Bennett's house, if you've read Pride and Prejudice or seen any of the million film adaptations. It was this amazing old Victorian house. We were staying at... in this house with uh, Jeff's girlfriend's family, who were all amazing. I had, like, the best Christmas of my life. That afternoon, in the middle, of, like, we get to the house, and Dan said, you know, I I think we should we should take a walk. You and I should take a walk. And I thought, oh, my God, no, maybe he will, maybe he's about to propose. We go, we go on this walk, we walk to this river, and Dan looks at the river, and he, he as we're approaching the river, he says, oh, I wanted to see... I wanted to see how fast this river goes. And I was like, oh, well, this is a load of, this is a load of bullshit. Like, you want to see, <laughs> see how fast this river goes? <laughs> what? And I, I, like, at that moment, I actually hadn't been thinking about a proposal until we get, like, right up to the water. And then I thought about it. And then Dan looks at the water and he, and he said, ah, no, this, this one's slow. Let's, let's go, let's go inside. <laughs> I was like, what? Dan's not one to go for hikes or or to take donders or anything. So <laughs> I uh, he he looks at this river and it's not right for him. 
I look across the river and there's some, some people from Kate's family that are also walking. So I thought, oh, well, maybe he doesn't want to do this here while they're outside. And then we start, like, I was still wa- enjoying this walk we were taking. And then he said, let's go inside. And he started running inside, like doing this weird run. Uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I I asked him, I was like, what is going on? Because I really, like, really didn't understand what was going on. I follow him back inside the house. I went into the bathroom. I took a picture of myself because I was like, last picture before I get engaged. Because it was such a weird moment. I was like, that couldn't have been anything else. That must have been a moment when he was about to propose to me. Uh, we went that entire day and there was no, there was no proposal. Um, and we had this amazing night. It was, it was so much fun. And uh, I, I I wasn't waiting for him to propose the whole day, but I really thought that that was what that was. I asked him about it later. No, he just he just wanted to see the river. Yeah, now I have a ton of questions for him. Like I kept I kept on asking him questions about it because I couldn't figure out if it if he was really interested in the river or if, or if there was something else. And he started to get annoyed by the questions. So I was like, oh well, maybe this is what this is. And um, so then uh, our trip continues. I I'm I I've stopped thinking that it's like a, that it's an actual. That he has a ring. I remember that, like, he was so busy with community. Knowing Dan, it, it made sense to me that he would wait until the new year when he would have extra more time to, like, worry about the stuff. So now at this point, I'm just trying to give him my gifts because I, I just want to – I have all these gifts with me. And now it's, like, the 27th, and we still have an ex- exchanged gifts, and it's weird. And Or maybe it was the 26th. It's the 26th or the 27th. We, Him and I go out to dinner – and uh, and Dan talks about this on the podcast. I guess he had the ring with him and was going to maybe propose on the dinner. But we go to a restaurant that's like not the most picturesque restaurant. And I try to give him my gifts because, they're you know, the, my gifts this year actually weren't that cool. And I, you know, Dan's birthday is very close to Christmas. I had his birthday and his Christmas gifts with me. I published a book for his birthday last year. It's hard to get anywhere close to that and I don't know his <laughs> gifts weren't that cool I just wanted to I just wanted him to open them meanwhile like his gift for me was this engagement ring that was that was his Christmas gift for me so he didn't want to exchange gifts but I didn't understand that I brought these gifts to dinner I'm trying to I hope like my I mean my emotional uh I think it's kind of confusing to understand my emotional place at this time because I did have it in my mind that maybe he was going to propose. I was also trying to convince myself that he wasn't. I also kind of thought that he wasn't at all. And at this point, I really didn't think that he was and that I should I I had stopped thinking about it. So I'm just trying to get rid of these gifts. I give him these gifts at dinner and he, Dan is so gracious. I give him these gifts and he scoffs at them and uh he he he's just like well great great and I, I I didn't understand his reaction. He was mad about the gifts. I got to the point where I I was started crying at dinner. I was apologizing for giving him Christmas gifts. I was so it was so weird. I kept on saying I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm sorry. And he was really frustrated because he didn't 
want that restaurant to be the place where we propose where, where we got engaged and so he and he didn't know how, what to do so he just like he just resorted to this like i don't know like grumpy child just uh <laughs> angry like i don't want to do christmas gifts i said i didn't want to do them i like and i and i said i'm sorry i'm sorry i made you open the christmas gifts oh even though i didn't make him open anything so we so we walk we walk back to our flat it's raining i'm crying um dan's frustrated and we we just kind of because we don't want to walk into our we were sharing a house with with four of our friends um and we didn't want to, for three of them being uh, previous This Feels Terrible guests, Matt Gorley, Amanda Lund, and uh, Jeff Davis, and his girlfriend Kate, who hasn't been a guest yet. Um, we go to this flat. We kind of cool out. Everything's fine. And then uh, kind of forgot about it. I, I, I chalked up his reaction to him being really insecure with whatever gift he had gotten me. And so I told him... You know, we don't have to let's not worry about this. We don't have to worry. Like I hadn't given him all his Christmas gifts. I was like, let's not let's not sweat it. So then we went to Loch Ness, this uh, specifically this town called Inverness, which is on the loch. And uh we were having a great night with all of our friends and we were staying at this huge, giant, scary abbey. You would have loved it. Dustin. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm very gothic. <laughs> uh, and we we took a took a walk along the lock, and we were walking to. We got this restaurant recommendation by someone who worked at the Abbey, and she had said, "Oh, you just uh just just go down the way. It's 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 by it's it's right by the water. Just go go down there. I can't do a Scottish accent. I can do a great Irish accent though." I learned. Yeah, you're super Irish. <laughs> All my uh, accents sound uh, Irish. Well, let's anyway. hear it. Let's hear them. Uh, sure, here, uh, ask me questions and I'll be Irish, Aaron. We'll see how good this is. Uh, uh, li- listen up, Irish listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, shit. Any questions? Ask me, uh, ask me uh, what, my, what my favorite um, base to get to in, in baseball is. What's your favorite base to get to in baseball? Turd. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that like a joke? N- no, <laughs> it could be. No, they they. Uh, no, let's hear your Scottish. Thing. Oh God. Um, here, ask me a. What's your favorite base to get to in baseball? First. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what the hell? From Connecticut. <laughs> I mean, I want to. Accent's really hard. I want to hear your Spanish accent. Let's hear your um, Spanish accent. Okay. Uh, I'm so happy to be here today. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> really? Uh, uh, quick thing about Ireland. We, we, we went to Southern Ireland, like my ancestral area where my family is from, and it was, it was great. And I, my favorite, one of my favorite things about their language there is that when you, like frequently when you like go to like a hotel or wherever a restaurant and you're just interacting with a stranger when you walk up they say house tings <laughs> which is so great like, how are things like 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 they know you oh well i'll i'll tell you how tings are and then they listen to you well i mean they're 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 really just saying like hi how are you but i like how house things is house tings okay so uh, we were walking down this path to um, to our hotel. Adrenaline is running high because it's totally dark, and we're not. Or no, to this restaurant. 
adrenaline is running high because we haven't found where this restaurant is. We're all making jokes. We're walking in mud to get to a supposedly like really popular restaurant. And so we're doing bits about, you know, walking, walking through mud and about uh, whether or not there's actually going to be a restaurant there. And we're all having a great time. We get to the restaurant, which is right on the water, and everyone starts walking in and Dan says, oh, I need to I need to talk to Aaron for a second. My first thought, like everyone walked inside and I found out later that Jeff and Kate and Amanda and Matt knew immediately that Dan was going to propose so much so that they all went inside and packed, like got behind a window to watch from this window. But when Dan said to me, hey, I need to talk to Aaron for a second, I immediately was like, he's sick. Dan is sick. Dan is sick. <laughs> like there's there's something bad. Dan is sick or I'm doing something wrong. I'm I'm like which makes it sound like Dan pulls me aside and gives me notes all the time. That's not the case. But uh it has happened to me several times in my life where people have pulled me aside and been like, uh, hey Aaron, I know you think this joke is really funny, but you're really hurting so and so's feelings. Or hey, uh it seems like you have a big chip on your shoulder about this thing. Like be more cool. So I thought it was one of those times. Instead, Dan pulled me aside and, and he was like, look, like, I, I'm sorry, this is making the trip really hard because I've had this on my mind. And, and then he proposed and he gave me uh, a ring. I put it on my finger. He didn't get down on one knee, which did, was good because it was really muddy. <laughs> did he say, will you be my wife? Will you marry me? He, well, he's, at first he started to say, um, can I have your permission? Uh, and then he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have your permission? Um, he, he, yeah, he, he, he said, he said, will you, will you marry me? You know, blah, 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 spend the rest of our lives together, blah, 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 children. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. That's got to be a huge, <coughs> make me nervous hearing the story. It's got to really? be a huge moment for him. It's got it's Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, listening, I mean, it was, it was, it was great. It was so sweet. I, most of the time during his proposal, I was very nervous for him because immediately you could see how nervous he was. It's, and it's weird to be one-on-one with somebody who's who, you know, you know so well and you're so relaxed around. And then all of a sudden there's this, this energy shift. And I, I mean, when he started, I wanted, you know, in movies, you always see those moments where in proposals the the girl is able has like some sort of window to say yes right away you know what i mean um but there wasn't really that and i wanted to say to him like hey like i i want to hear all of this but also like yes like obviously like this is going to be fine I, I want you to be out of pain like can we just be ourselves can we hang out um and so for that reason like it was it did it did feel it was it was really important to hear all those things, but it felt so weird. It felt really like unnatural because I guess it is in a way because we've talked about this stuff so much that to have like that formal moment was kind of I don't know it was it was weird. And then I and then I had a definite like right after I put the ring on, and then we were walking into this restaurant. And in my mind, like our friends didn't know, so I was thinking like, oh, do I just say like. We're engaged. Like, what do I? I mean, what do I? What's the appropriate thing to do? Like, suddenly you feel embarrassed because 
I mean, we're on this trip with two other couples, and then all of a sudden be like, our love is a, is the star. Like, it just like, seemed kind of, I was kind of nervous about that on that um, 20, 20 yard walk to the restaurant or whatever it was. Uh, but we walked in and our friends were all standing, like, they all knew. So they were all really excited. And uh, especially Matt Gorley. <laughs> Everyone was really, really excited. And He's so the nicest happy. human being on the planet. Matt, like, throughout the trip was, and, and I was there with, uh, with, with, I mean, every, everyone was such a great friend. I love, like, Matt consistently, like, every toast he was like, also, congratulations again. It was really exciting. And Amanda, who's been my good friend for a while, who I used to live with, like, Im- immediately started talking about weddings and stuff. And I, I, I don't know, it was, it was, it was weird. It was really overwhelming. I wasn't hungry um, for like the first time on that trip. It was a big eating trip, and I we, you didn't even have an. You were you were so satiated with the moment of getting engaged. You didn't require food. You, you didn't. You, yeah. you were sustaining on diamond power. Diamond power. <laughs> I, <laughs> what if? Oh God! What if this this ring made me less hungry? Like you, you like you put so it great. in your mouth and like a mm. light beam comes out of it. Oh my you God! You just suck on it. A um, lightning came out of it. Uh, I love just the awkwardness and the humanity of the whole thing. It's just like it's a perfect. It's a perfect thing, especially about your guys' relationship. How it's perfectly imperfect and it, it makes a good story <laughs> and it's and it's something to throw around and. And Dan's nervousness is genuinely so uh, endearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was great because like his proposal was very, you know, honest and from the hip. And I know that he didn't prepare anything. It just was really. I don't know. It was it was it was great. It was really great. We went inside and he immediately started giving himself notes <laughs> at dinner, which was very <laughs> funny. Um, but it was great. Also, very perfect for us that. I mean, it was pitch black when he proposed, and we took pictures of this in the morning. Like, we went down to the spot to take pictures all together, and we noticed that where Dan and I uh, became engaged was, like, right by this wood chipper <laughs> and this, re- like, on on the water, so it was pretty, but it was right by, like, this amazing, like, breathtaking... <laughs> like, we were surrounded by all this breathtaking beauty, and we had gone, like, by the dumpsters to <laughs> do it. It was, uh, yeah. It's a, so this feels great. terrible engagement. Well, I've, I was, yeah. I, ever, I know how happy that makes people, but you know, it's like Dan and Aaron, no one's done more for me personally than like Dan and Aaron and they are like, uh, you know, kind of like my mom and dad out here. So Aww. it was, it was really. I wish we could invite you to the wedding. <laughs> we just have so many people. I can't be, I can't be the ring bearer. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want to be? You want to be the yeah, ring bearer? Yeah, I want to call with a little pillow. I'm your garbage son. Uh, but. <laughs> But no, it's just like genuinely made me so happy, and I know uh, everybody's super ecstatic for you both, and I'm sure people listening to this, it's 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 fantastic. Love is in the air. She's holding her ring up to the light <laughs> to blind me more. It's it's a yeah, beautiful ring. But you you swapped out the ring. I just found I out. Did, I'm I the did. first person to see the new ring. The ring that Dan gave me, the ring that he gave me was was really pretty and the reason why he got it was because it was old it was like this vintage stone etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but it was too big so I went into the jeweler today and I sat down with these ladies who said who remembered Dan and brought out all the other rings that he was considering and I the second that I like the ring that I had been trying on or the ring that I was wearing 
I realized it was very similar to my purity ring when I was 13 that I made my parents get me, that they didn't want to get me a purity ring, meaning that I uh, I promised to God that I wasn't going to have sex until I was married. I made my parents, I didn't make my parents, but I begged for my birthday to get this purity ring. My parents didn't really like believe in that. Wait, your parents bought it for you? For for my for my birthday, Isn't yeah. a purity ring something like a, a guy, like in a, a Christian relationship gives you that you vow that you're going to stay abstinent until you're Sometimes, married. but like in the most traditional sense, your dad gives it to you, which is the Whoa. grossest thing. Yeah, yeah. That's but I, so controlling and crazy. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, the the what you're thinking of is a promise ring. There's kind oh, of like, a, it's a difference? Yeah. Well, I mean, there is and there isn't. There, I'm sure there's like a big Venn diagram of purity rings and promise rings. What you're talking about is right and is the same thing. Like, I give you this ring and we promise to not have sex, which is a weird thing to, like, commemorate between each other. Um, But the reason why I got it was because I enrolled myself or like through my church uh, did this program called True Love Waits, which is about abstinence. And I was really into it uh, because it was very low stakes for me because I wasn't like, I I wasn't even in a place where I was going to have sex. And also no one wanted to have sex with me. So I had no temptation. So it was just this like extracurricular thing I was doing. Um, And I, one of the things was, was, uh, was getting a purity ring, which you wear on your wedding finger to signify your promise to God to not have sex until you were married. And I really wanted to do that, not because I needed a ring as a reminder, but just because I thought it was cool. Maybe like kind of superhero-y, I have the, ah, look at me. Um, So my parents gave me this purity ring, which they had made, which was like a beveled uh, turquoise stone, which was my birthstone into like a little heart. I immediately lost it and had to put up, (laughs) I put up posters. I lost it in middle school where where I was extremely unpopular (laughs) and uh, very fat and I smelt very bad. (laughs) I lost my purity ring. And I uh, I made posters for my purity rig and put them up all over the girls' locker room. And the poster said, lost purity rig. Contact Aaron McGaffey. I've lost my purity rig. <laughs> um, because I don't know how to not give people the most ammunition ever when it comes to making fun of me. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I realized this over this vacation, actually, that, like, I don't blame anyone who bullied me. I gave them so much. <laughs> but can you imagine, like, just this this really oafish, dorky <laughs> girl puts up uh, posters everywhere asking for where her purity ring is. That's my favorite story. <laughs> so... I, I've, because I'm not a ring person, whenever I've like looked at a bunch of rings, I always pointed to the rings that kind of looked like purity rings. And so, and I didn't realize it until today when I went into the jeweler and I was trying on, like they brought out all these other rings that Dan was looking at. And, uh, because I, I kind of just wanted to like get a ring and not go through resizing the one that he gave me. But I was also like, oh, I can use this diamond, whatever. This is the most boring thing ever. Um, Anyway, I tried on all these beveled rings, and I kept on getting the same feeling, and I couldn't really identify it. And then I put on the ring that I'm wearing now, which was another ring that they told me that Dan was looking at, and I immediately was like, oh, I'm engaged. This is different. It's not a beveled ring. The the diamond is, it's this, like, cool vintage diamond, and it's it's out in the open, and it feels very, like, it feels, I feel engaged. Very engaged. I feel very engaged. 
Um, so that's the so that's the story. I guess I I, I went in to uh, resize my band and then realized that I was wearing a purity ring. I want to wear a fuck ring. <laughs> <laughs> this ring signifies that I, I will fuck. I always thought the idea of a purity ring was like when you're in the act and you're like about to go through with it and you're like using your hands, you look down <laughs> the ring and you're like... Oh. Maybe in the commercial for the purity <laughs> ring. Yeah, it's like, oh, no. Nope. <laughs> I made a commitment. I mean, I I guess so. In practice, that's really funny. I mean, do, do, do does anything like that ever has anything like that ever worked for you? Have you ever tied a finger or a uh, string around your finger? Oh yeah. Kind of if I need to be what? back before I had like iPhone and stuff, but I, I set reminders constantly now. Um, but I will I put I'll put X's on my hand and all that stuff, and I'm like, oh, has that and that's been a good thing. Yeah. Oh okay. There's there's types of engagement ring. Engage. I don't know like. I have good taste, I think. I don't know anything about jewelry or like I every time I bought a girl anything, she's hated it. But um <laughs> any but, notable like gift? article or I'm sorry, anything apparel wise like clothing, mm-hmm. jewelry. It's I, a hard, hard Yeah, thing. yeah. And like I bought a girl diamond earrings once and like um I like it really simple and so but I know when I see a ring that's super gaudy, I know when I see a really gaudy engagement ring, like it really stands out like a really like a big fat gold Three diamond <laughs> crazy thing. But they look you, good on some people. Yours is really pretty. It's like really simple. It is vintage Thank looking you. too. Yeah, that's what I that's what I really like about it. Well, it's the act of it. It's not. I don't think it's the ring itself. Plus, it's probably a blood diamond. That, you know, little kids have died for. So there's not really too much to feel cool. great about. Cool. Well, is it a blood diamond if it was cut 100 years ago? Is that I, especially bloody? Uh, that's probably even. Yeah, that's very bloody. So. Dan knew that I was going to the jeweler today, and I and I asked him before I left, uh, because he had told me when he gave me the ring that if I didn't like it, I could exchange it. Obviously, when I got it, I was like, oh, no, I love it. I don't, I don't want to exchange it. It was only until, I don't know, it, I really think it was like the purity ring thing, um, but I, I sent Dan a text of the ring and and said, you know, I heard that this was another ring that you were looking at. What do you think? I don't know. I feel a little weird picking out my own ring, et cetera, et cetera. And Dan's response was, I want you to have a ring you like. I want you to be happy and to think that I'm special, but I don't want to be any, I don't want any of it to be an illusion. Um, it's important to me that your engagement ring be something that you're proud of, proud to wear. It's symbolic of my engagement to you, my promise to you. It's all about you. I think that ring is very pretty, but if you said it was ugly, I'd smash it with a hammer. It's a ring about you from me. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. Very sweet. Very, very sweet people. Sweet. Could not be happier for two two people who are 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 just truly the most sweetest, uh, kindest, giving. And humble people. So I'm where your your love is something to be celebrated. Thank you guys you. are you guys are gonna have a very happy life and I can't wait. Uh I guess you got you tweeted that you guys immediately were talking about the wedding, about having robotic dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, we immediately were like, Okay, what are we gonna do? And like pr- pricing hydraulics and stuff. <laughs> Well you're you're Dan's older, but your trajectory, you know, especially <laughs> in LA and in Los Angeles people tend to get married a lot later in life. And also, like, you less than two years you've been together, or maybe you just hit the two-year mark? Two years, yeah. Um, just yesterday hit, like, two years. Was yeah. Girlfriend. So your trajectory has been pretty, like, you know... Standard? Is, is that standard, or is that expediated? 
Oh, for for, um, for dating, OA. moving in, and getting married in general. Two years. Um. Well, I think for our ages. I mean, Dan is forty-one. I just turned twenty-nine. I think for our ages, it's pretty typical. So, is there is there let's enjoy our engagement, or is there let's get married and have a big party? Because your party, you people like to throw parties. <laughs> we do, yeah, um, yeah. That's and that's what we've been talking about because there's no. I mean, we've been talking about the actual party and the I mean, kind of bits that we can do because I mean, it's it's, it's Dan a, referenced an airport hangar last night <laughs> <laughs> at one point. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, we we've we've had a couple of discussions about it. I want to get married at a really specific. There's a place that I've wanted to get, where I've wanted to be married for a long time. I don't want to say it. Is it a tra- large travel? Does it require travel? No, it doesn't. I can you. Can I say it, or you can bleep it out? I can bleep it out. Jesus Christ, that's crazy. So you're gonna do bondage and S and M while you're kidding? <laughs> that's not what I said. The Sunset Strip, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the whiskey ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. No, no. There's this. There's this place that I've always wanted to get. Not. I mean, I say always wanted to get married, but I mean it's one of my favorite places in the world, and uh, it's like, in Los Angeles. You can't do bits about it because I don't want it to be in the podcast. I'm gonna podcast. beep it. Okay. <laughs> um. So I like right after we got engaged, I like an insane uh, uh, Monica Geller uh, emailed them and asked them about their dates and stuff. The thing now is I don't know I'm happy to be like having a long engagement. I don't l- right now what I'm what I'm uh what we're considering is either getting married in October or in February. I'm going to talk to some of some of my other married friends and see what's better. The reason why I would want to get married in October is because I I really love the fall, but I like the idea of having a whole year of just like you know, figuring things out and stuff, because I, I do think that we 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 do want to have like a pretty like hilarious wedding. <laughs> so I it might require some planning. Well, congratulations! Thank you. So you've got the ring, you've got the guy. What's what's some of your resolutions for 2014? <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Thanks. Okay, here are my resolutions. Him. Number one. Also, do you? I don't subscribe to resolutions because there's that whole thing. You where don't subscribe. To well, resolutions. well, I like I like them. They have good spirit. Like everybody should change themselves. But like, I mean, they're just. Sorry. Go everybody. Sh- it's like a time of year. It's like the winter solstice, and it's time we all change. Like and, you know, it's like it's a good. It marks a thing. But like, there's that whole thing where like most people don't follow through with their resolutions. Yeah, Are but I like I like the ritual of talking about the stuff. Yeah. So you. You have a set. You have a set of resolutions, and are these yeah. attainable goals? Or are these I like? These are attainable. Okay, let's let's hear it. Number okay. ten. Number ten. I'm just. I don't know. <laughs> I assumed you had ten of them. <laughs> I have three, and they're all attainable. Number one, which will be the hardest and is the most uh, concrete, like specific and trackable, is that I'm not going to call myself fat. In 2014, you're skinny and beautiful. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say. Or, or more, more specifically, I'm not gonna say anything negative about my body to my friends or on this podcast. Or 
I mean, unless I'm doing a show and I'm talking about like my feelings, but I'm not going to just, I'm not going to walk into brunch with girlfriends and say, oh, sorry, I'm a monster. <laughs> um, I, do, I do that too. I was just doing it the other day and someone called me out on it. I do. Yeah. Because you're just, you're, you're, I don't want to do it anymore because I don't want to put that on my friends. I, it doesn't make me feel better. It just cr- like, like perpetuates this cycle in my head of negative self-talk, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. I actually did our friend Duncan Trussell's podcast a few months ago, and it was kind of a life-changing thing for me. And we had a long talk at the end about my self-hatred and making declarations about yourself. And I made a point to stop, and I actually have oh, nice. stopped making, as much to the best of my ability, you know, despair. Because I'm the type of person who looks in a mirror and says, like, I, I hate you. You're, like, I say horrible shit to myself. Yeah, so I've good. stopped making declarations about myself in general. And I've actually, like, been much happier and felt, like, a lot freer. Because, like, you know, I guess I, I don't want to paraphrase Duncan, but it's like, would you hang out with somebody who called you fat all the time? Like if you like, what if I like we were hanging out and I'm like, Aaron, you look really fat. You look like a monster. <laughs> like, you would fucking never talk to me again. So like, you got to be somebody that you can hang out with and are cool with. You got to like you. There you go. So, but if it's even just like catching yourself doing it and going, ah, I did it again. Duncan equated it to, he said, every time you say something bad about yourself, treat it as, as if you had just shat your pants. Because that's how bad it is. You just shat your pants. Uh, <laughs> I think that's good, yeah. So, yeah, I, that's I, a great I, resolution. Yeah. Uh, focusing on uh, positive things and better things will... I will be more self-improved than if I just beat myself up all the time. Number two, or do you, do you have a resolution? Do you want to go back and forth? Or you don't. You don't. I don't subscribe. really. Well, I do have one, but I just. This is before New Year's, but like, um, after the tour last year, I got really. I've I've never, unfortunately, as much as I romanticize it, and I want to be like almost want to be like a drug addict and alcoholic. I really <laughs> have always been really responsible with my drug and alcohol use, um, but I really got into the habit of I was blacking out like two or three times a week and I really got into hard drinking last year yeah. um, and I got into the habit of just drinking out of loneliness and boredom and it and waking up because I can wake I can get drunk all night wake up at seven in the morning and feel fine I've just always had a really good constitution it's never affected my work it's sort of starting affecting my friendships I started realizing that all my big blowouts and anger anger fits were mm-hmm. when I was drunk Right. And so now that I feel a lot happier, I've started a new relationship. I've got a nice job. I um, I have a new apartment that's really clean and nice and an awesome roommate and stuff. My old apartment. You're, I live in Aaron's in my old apartment. Old apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I've just, you know, a couple of my friends have been sober for a long time. My dad's been sober for 18 years. My dad doesn't think I have a problem, but I started just feeling like, I'm in a place now where I caught myself just drinking out of habit or routine. Yeah. And I would just like to get to a place where I want to see how long, I think around my birthday, when I really started getting in, really into drugs and alcohol last year, um, I think I really want to um, see how long I can go or if I can not drink or drink more responsibly, I guess. 
That's great. Yeah, but I, I don't want to make any declaration that I'm going to quit drinking because I, I tried quit. I, I've been struggling with quitting smoking. I tried quitting, and it really it really helps me. Like online, I have people support. I quit for like two months. I'm smoking again, and like um, so I don't want to make any like declarations. But my goal is to see. I would love to see how long I could go uh, without drinking. I'm from Wisconsin, so it's like I have people in my family who are, are drinking themselves to death right now. Right. And I was just like, um... Well, taking breaks is always good, too. I think mostly mentally. Yeah. Well, what are your other two resolutions? They're they're pretty general. Uh, number two is to just stay more organized, um, which will affect the podcast. I hope I so. Yeah. We both suffer from organization problems. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the uh, Jackson Pollock of uh, clutter. <laughs> so, uh, Jackson Pollock? Did I just say Pollock? Yeah, he said a Jackson racial Pollock. slur. Jackson <laughs> yeah. Pollock of clutter. Jackson Pollock. Oh, God. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I'm going to try to be the, uh, the, the Rosa Parks of... God. <laughs> oh, man. I just saw. I just saw this. There are two. I have two movie recommendations, and I never do re- movie recommendations. But really quick, if you are interested in documentaries, you should really see The Act of Killing, and also uh, Cutie and the Boxer. I can't believe I haven't seen The Act of Killing yet. Have you seen Cutie and the Boxer? No. You should see both of those movies. Okay. Yeah, I can't believe it. after I was so excited about it, I forgot it existed. <laughs> uh, no, it's, oh, I mean, it, it holds up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a timely it's Oppenheimer, uh, Herzog, who is it? Uh, it was directed by Josh Oppenheimer and yeah. produced by Herzog and uh, Errol Morris. Our, our resolution is for you to see those. And if you rent them on Amazon, use the uh, This Feels Terrible Amazon link because we get free money from that. I've been also, using Amazon Prime. It's so much better than Netflix. Cutie and the Boxer is about a relationship between two artists. And it's pretty great. And I'm very excited to show that movie to Dan. Tight. we are both creative people. Okay, so I'd like to stay organized. And then my final resolution, and this is real uh, uh, goofy and easy to accomplish, which is to um, make stuff more fearlessly. Like, you know? what does that mean? Well, I mean, uh, I, I, I think most people... Most creative people feel this way. You know, a lot of stuff on the inside. Want to? I obviously like need to express myself creatively all the time. I.e., my cakes that I did last year, whatever else. But uh, I'd like to be less safe with those expressions of creativity and be less worried about putting out videos, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, like having when you create, having the audience in your mind while you're doing it. No, no, no. Um, actually, the opposite. Uh, I, I I'd like to trust myself more. You know, like when you, when you think about high school, you think about college, and like putting out things all the time, not really worrying about people criticizing you for them. Um, and I I I really believe in myself creatively, but I also want to get the voice out of my head that is somebody someone saying like oh well why would she do this or which is not usually like when you make things people are fine with them it's getting the people out of your head that tell you that you don't deserve to make anything uh which is why like you know the cake i last year i got really into baking cakes especially because 
it was this artistic thing that I could do that uh, that I was never punished for ever because I was making a cake. No one's going to say, why did you make that cake? Because you can Wait, eat who, it. Who says that about your paintings? Why would you make no, that painting? No one. Well, I mean, no one. I mean, no one. But like when you make... You know, this is this is a this is a really hack topic, but like, uh, you know, I'm a, I I do comedy. I love making jokes. I love making things that are funny. Um, I think in that realm, when you put things out, there's there's a there's a, there's a big uh, like force of insecure the insecure part of people that that want to say like why would you do that why would you put that out you know just dumb dumb things and not not pandering to whatever i'm not saying i'm 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 just saying like in general uh, i would like to when i have the feeling that i should be putting up a video or making something or writing a play i kind of want to write a play this year that's awesome. So, ins- so, so instead of just beating, you're like beating, beating yourself up for not doing something, just doing it. Well, I make a lot of things all the time. I think I, I want to share more of the things that I make without uh, being worried about the people that are going to be mad that I put anything out there, which makes it sound like anything that I would. Are you talking about people in your head? Or are you talking about actual people on the internet? <laughs> well, I'm talking about uh, Jerry and Mamie who live inside my brain. Um, no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the internet. I'm talking about uh, anonymous critics. I'm talking about um, you know any sort of like insecure dark force in my brain or anything, or just like worrying about not even like specifically internet commenta- commenters. I just mean. Sounds like a negative resolution. It's not really about the other people. It's just about making, like, putting out things that I like and putting them out because I like them and they're good and not leading with the, oh, well, will people like this? You know? I think you should uh, always just do stuff that you like and if you're doing stuff for other people usually that's your job and if you can monetize the thing that you love to do like if you're an illustrator and like your thing is what you do all day that's awesome but if you for like your creative output you should only i think you should always just be making stuff that you personally like like they say about musicians they say that the music you make is the music that you want to hear in the world mm-hmm. and then you you have musicians that just like make music to be successful and to like get girls or get money and stuff like the real artists issues like like Jeff uh, 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 Mangum from or yeah from Neutral Milk Hotel mm-hmm. uh, now that's just like a raw person that just makes the music that they want to put in the world and I think you shouldn't be too uh, you shouldn't be operating out of fear when you're creating you should just be doing it completely fear it should be completely self-indulgent and it, sh- it should yeah. be just like completely what you want to be doing. Yeah, I mean, like the I, I've spent so much time like trying to not be masturbatory when it comes to the things that I make, which I think is a I think is a good quality. Like I always, I think the healthy thing is to definitely have your audience in mind, but have an audience that uh, that you really respect in mind. That you're you're playing to like the most genius, best audience ever. Not not this, not not any sort of like negative thing that you have in your mind. I want to really work hard to do my best. 
<laughs> well, that's great. I think you're in a good place. You're in a good place. You're happy. That's very positive. And, uh, yeah. We're going to be great, everybody. <laughs> so so in the new year, this is going to be a great new year. Thank you for... Um, being along for everything. Thank you for listening to me right now while I'm so sick. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Thanks for coming in while you're sick. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel okay. It's just this, this, this death cough. So if you have any questions, uh, relationship questions or otherwise, email thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com with the subject line show question. Um, also, if you have any sort of uh, constructive anything, email that too. Yeah, only constructive things. I mean, they can be negative. Negative things are sometimes constructive. Whatever uh, like. I was on a flight with uh, Kate Beckinsale, and I coughed all over her. What? On the way back? Yeah. We were uh, <laughs> flying Virgin Atlantic, and Virgin Atlantic has, like, a bar in their plane when you're flying transatlantic flights. And I, at one point, like, I was coughing. Here's a really intimate detail. I was so sick on this flight. I had the worst. I had a. I woke up from a really crazy. I woke up with a really crazy fever and was coughing so hard and so much that I like couldn't control my. I like started like peeing myself. It was awful. Jeez. Like, have you ever been so sick that you start peeing yourself? No. Cough. It was awful. That's a purely European illness. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. It was terrible. It was terrible. So I was constantly going to the bathroom. It was awful. And Kate Beckinsale and her husband were on my flight. Kate Beckinsale, who brought an extra little bag for her high heels. Like, when she arrived, she looks perfect, obviously, and, like, takes off her high heels, puts on some com- comfortable shoes, and then as we're landing, takes out her high heels. I was so sick and so feverish and was coughing and was, like, covered in my own pee because I was coughing. It was so awful. It was so awful. I kept on changing my clothes. It was terrible. I've never been so sick, and I was in the middle of this flight. At one point, I got up to go to the bathroom, and I had to cross over this bar and coughed on Kate Beckinsale because she was hanging out <laughs> of this bar. Everyone was so enchanted by her, like, great conversation about being a huge movie star and I was walked by her and uh, hacked up my life on her body. It was so red you. and awful. <laughs> oh, God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. All right. All right. <laughs> awesome follow story. Dustin. Follow Dustin for some tweets. No, no. <laughs> Geico presents, oh, not again, another voicemail from your roommate. 
Hey, man, so I was in a rush to get to work and I left the back door open. Could you shut it? I left it wide open. Uh, while you're there, could you also turn off the oven and all of the burners? <laughs> My mom never let me use the oven. I wonder why. <laughs> The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if it's your roommate's first time operating an oven. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.